Hey, how you doing? Welcome back to Vicarious Competition. I'm going to try something different today. We're going to see if I can do an episode while painting. See if I can hold my attention on both. I think so. I've been doing this a long time. Um, sorry about missing the episode on Monday. Um, this is not the sign of the podcast already running out of steam, three episodes in. Um, I forgot what day it was because I'm a degenerate. So that's what you're listening to. Uh, but we'll do a morning episode and an evening episode today just to catch up. I want to go over, we've finished doing the dynamic update, lots of really exciting stuff there. Uh, the next question is gonna be kind of what the things look like on the other side of that. So I think we can do a little bit of like a state of the meta address of sorts and see like what things are core into lists and what things are not. Starting with the buildings. I'm going back to buildings, guys. I want to talk about this a lot more, I think. After the Monpoc Kickstarter, which was fantastic, I'm getting more and more people that are kind of like tertiarily or casually interested in Monster Apocalypse. They're starting to ask more questions. They're starting to look at the models. Uh, it's been really, really exciting to see after so long. The Monpop community has always been really strong, um, but it's been kind of like a small and mighty meta uh, and haven't seen like tremendous growth, you know, a couple new players here and there, but the Kickstarter seems to be between that and just, the state of the game and the state of things, people are going back to playing games in person, which is really, really refreshing. Um, I've been loving the tabletop simulator community, but I'm ready to start rolling dice again. Anyways, the buildings are the trickiest part. It's the hardest sell in Monster Apocalypse. People don't want to spend money on them. You know, it's like, it's not exciting. It's not glamorous, but it's it's really important part to list construction and, and especially for for me so i mean it's it's my podcast so you're going to get my take on things right um i feel like in in starting to analyze it myself and look at it a little bit closer i tend to lean much more heavily into building focus strategies than i think some other players that i've seen and and i do that one we'll get into it when once we start going over specific buildings but i use uh, the building actions to really increase the complexity of my turns and to hit, um, you know, what's kind of been coined uh, as the break points, you know, or, or these like burst points where you can kind of bring an enemy monster from X number of hit points down to zero, um, you know, is, is a kind of new-ish or recurring theme that we're going to be going over and that will come up because that's kind of how you lead to win game. You know, you break this stalemate and the power control of, you know, and getting that monster kill by hitting those break points. So my, my buildings, they tend to be a little bit action heavy. I, I lean heavily on that one. Um, when you're building a list, this is kind of universal. Protectors and destroyers is a bit agnostic on that front. Um, the buildings that you want to start with, and if you're new to the game or, or trying to increase your competitive game, you know, whatever your situation is, I think the two buildings, well, there's a bunch of buildings that should be in every list, but the first two should be the Imperial State Building and the Ubercorp uh, or the UCI Industries. Those two buildings there get you access to other buildings, so that's like super important. 
Um, the UCI can duplicate any other building on the map. No, you know, kind of the ultimate customization. And the ISB has both an attack component where you can deny your opponent buildings that they might want to use, um, as well as, you know, a utility component. Uh, it works, both of these work on monster and unit turns. The reclamation facility, I think, is another really important building. Some people run too. You can have a forward one for offensive plays, but the defensive plays are extremely important, especially with the upcoming, um, now that the protectors are going to be getting quorum units also. And the big utility use case here is you can use that reclamation facility to recycle a three cost unit and generate three um, red dice, which is kind of the best refund in the game and will let you do those double power attack turns when you're, you're power starved. So that's kind of, or even if it's not power starved, maybe you want to throw something 10 spaces, hit something, uh, and then, but you, then you need extra power dice to finish that attack. So in doing that one, um, <clears throat> the reclamation really lets you turn on plays like that um, and, and kind of expands the scope dramatically of, of what you can do on your monster turns. So that's the best red dice refund right now, probably and will ever be. Um, so you really, really want to keep an eye out for plays like that one. The guard base is always going to be universal. Um, I think the altar, no, no, the, the world clock also gives you a little bit of a reroll, but some sort of dice fixing or reroll, there's not a lot of that in the game. So for that reason, the the guard base will always just be a good building for rerolls. Um, if you're playing protectors, you get some extra stuff. Um, th that's the other thing about the reclamation is that as a destroyers player, that gives you a free propo walker every turn. Um, we'll get into units later in a different episode, but um, there should be one propo walker in every single destroyers list. Um, they're just too good, and and this lets you get kind of really good use out of that one. So. You also want, and I wasn't sure to put this one on or not, but I'm going to do it anyway because I like them. Um, the construction yard, I think, is really, really uh, an underused and underappreciated building. It comes in the Smashville box. It kind of sucks because it's expensive. Um, but you can buy the pieces uh, individually if you want. The construction yard lets you put assets down. Um, the ones that I use the most or, and that I see used the most, the security bunker is very, very important. Um, so I recommend at least using or getting that pack for it if you don't want to go all in on the, the full box. I mean, the full box is a, a good value buy. Uh, and for those of you that are kind of newer to the podcast, uh, this is not a shill podcast. There's certain things that are not good value buys, um, you know, that I would recommend against. You know, I, I try to be a little bit budget conscious with my recommendations, you know, and kind of let people know. You know, this is a, a need to have versus a, a nice to have type thing. So the the Smashville box, it is a good buy. Um, I have used every single one of the assets. I will say that um, the the barriers, the concrete barriers or whatever they're called, the barricades are, are not super great. But all the other ones, um, the deck plates are very underused. Uh, anyways, we could do, I think there's already a construction yard uh, episode out there. So maybe I won't go too much into it. But this thing is still freaking amazing. Like I love this building a lot. And it's the only way to put assets in the game is the important takeaway here. So you want to have that one. So you can put assets in. 
uh, things that the next set of buildings that's kind of like universal protectors destroyers whatever the case is I think um, next we're gonna get into buildings that I think uh, I personally use and the reasons behind that one and let's check our time Ooh, eight minutes we can do this so the next set of buildings is kind of like um, what I call it's like a breakpoint suite of sorts um, and this is how you hit that one, and it's about manipulating units on your monster turn. So I like a combination of the Myriad Singularity, the Bastion Lander, and the Outreach Center. The Myriad lets you switch positions of two units. Um, any two units, it's a global ability, so you don't have to worry about ranges or restrictions like that. The Bastion Lander is a tactical shift. This lets you move a unit two spaces. And the Outreach Center lets you replace a unit with um, a unit from your reserves of equal or lower cost. So you can use this in combination with a unit uh, that has hop and really, really um, make some amazing plays. So what you're trying to do is you're fishing for, and, and again, universal between, you know, it's just what your, your tools are going to be different. But you're fishing for um, getting your death sentence units next to the monsters. So those are the jurors or the arbiter monoliths. Uh, and then also positioning um, hazardous units underneath of where you're gonna throw or body slam, where your power attacks are going. So in this case, uh, I'm looking, all of my lists will have a toxo in it and at least one juror for this exact reason. Because you can do things like you can take a hop unit like your um, cliff hopper you can hop him three spaces. You can uh, Bastion Lander him two spaces. Or I guess bugs can be either. So you can take your, your Cliff Hopper, you move it. With Hop, you move it with the Bastion Lander. Then you can Outreach Center and turn that into a Toxo. So you have a Toxo now that effectively had, uh, you know, five spaces of out of activation movement. And that's if you didn't have to Myriad. You know, sometimes you can keep your... your unit kind of like on the back line your cliff hopper on the back line and then flip him forward do all kinds of stuff this is why i like monsters like you know that can move units like the preceptor and, and conductor because you you have all of these you know it makes it very difficult for your opponent to predict these threat vectors because their vectors are constantly moving so by using that suite of buildings um, you can get the units and get that extra damage that cheated damage out um, you know, in ways that are really, really hard to stop. The final part of a modern building list is going to be your junk loadout. Uh, unless you're doing a kind of unique, somewhat unique or pair that has a more specific plan, you're going to want to run about four junk buildings in your list. Maybe four to six, depends on how, you know, like, uh, not greedy, not bad manners, you know, just how much hate you want to put into your list. Um, you want to have one to two cathedrals. The new rules for this are just amazing, and they're super great for disrupting the double foundations. Um, you put one to two of them in because your opponent literally can't stop it. There's nothing they can do. They can only put one building at a time. So your cathedral goes on an enemy double foundation and makes it a little bit harder for them to secure that one. This stops some quick and easy ISB plays where they just flip away your junk building and then forget about it. Uh, makes them, you know, have to allocate more resources to get rid of that one. So I love the new cathedral for that reason. So if you want to build like a more, um, you know, kind of like 
uh, offensive building list or you know get like a little bit more in the hate draft part of the building draft uh, you have options for that one available to you you want to run one to two corp HQs these can go in the back line, but they're probably better used in midfield. I like to put my corporate HQs midfield next to a power node that I know I'm going to be attacking. You know, um, the games now uh, are you know a little bit tug of war on those resources. We're at 12 minutes. I gotta go, guys. Okay, so we'll wrap this up. But yeah, put that next to the um, objectives in the center of the board to get that minus one defense. The last one is media buildings. You just fill the rest with media buildings, um, and that they're they're still good. They did a good job at the change on those. It's still worthwhile. Get that extra power dice here and there, um, and do that one. That's all I have for you today. We did the buildings. We're still under fifteen minutes. I want to get this closer to ten, uh, so we'll see how that one goes. I'll, I'll get got to get back into the flow of things. Maybe tonight's episode will be closer to the ten minute mark. As always, thanks for listening, guys, and I'll catch you next time.